1: Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. As it's Wednesday, we do so with former Congressman John Shadig. He is the founder and principal at Shadig Associates, S-H-A-D-E-G-G. Um, if you uh, if you want to spell it, he, of course, has been a, a congressman representing this area for... Uh, Sixteen was it? Sixteen, 16 year, years. Sixteen years, and um, and now is uh, helping people out with their problems with the government, which means he has a client base of three hundred and thirty-two million. <laughs> if, if I right. if I understand that about right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anyone who has a problem with the government. See John Shattuck, all 332 million of
2: <laughs> It's anyone who has had a problem in the past, has one now, or might have one in the future, and it includes local, state, and federal.
1: We're now reaching into the billions of a client base. There, go. there you go. John, a lot that you are so good at distilling for us that's going on on Capitol Hill. Some of it used to be inside baseball. It's not anymore. Um, the big issue uh, and the big news I woke up today was uh, this great, uh, great press conference uh, Kevin McCarthy had when some reporters were questioning him about trying to remove Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell from House Intelligence Committee, and then later uh, it came up that he also is trying to remove Elon Omar from House Foreign Relations. All of these have different little rules and and um, and uh, and uh, peaks to them, but. First of all, I love the backbone. Let me just say that right up front. I love that he's driving right out. I'm going right out of him, as Admiral Nelson said. Now, how does it work, committee assignments? Some committees, are they seniority? Is it an election of your peers? Is it selected by the – well, walk us through how you get on and how you stay on and how you become chairman of committees.
2: It is quite a process. It is very much inside baseball. And it consumes an immense amount of time at the beginning of a session. Uh, most of the committees are are what are called standing committees, which means they exist every Congress. Uh, so, for example, Ways and Means is a standing committee. Uh, Armed Services is a standing committee. Um, Commerce, the Commerce Committee, I was on it. It was a standing committee. Government uh, Reform and Oversight, a standing committee. I was on it. Natural Resources, uh, a standing committee. On those committees, at least on the Republican side and the Democrat side is very similar. Uh, You make it known what committee you'd like to be on Uh, for some of the committees that are viewed as more powerful uh, than others and more sought after than others. You uh, many members literally wage a campaign Uh, in my uh, first term in Congress. uh, I asked to be put on Ways and Means. Uh, I was not given that, but I was promised I'd be put on Ways and Means at the beginning of the next Congress. And I was told that the reason I wasn't getting Ways and Means at the first Congress was that uh, I had a relatively solid Republican congressional district and I didn't need it in order to get reelected.
1: And that's basically the tax writing committee, right?
2: Ways and Means is the tax writing Mm -hmm. committee. Mm -hmm. in that first session, I crossed leadership too many times, and yeah. so I didn't get ways and means.
1: <laughs> it's funny how that works.
2: Uh, it is yeah. funny how it works. But that They process,
1: do hold that. The Speaker can't hold those Damocles swords over your head like that. Oh, that absolutely. That is, okay.
2: yeah. I was literally called in uh, by Tom DeLay and told John, we know we promised you a seat on ways and means, uh, but you crossed us. You led the revolution against us too many times. You yeah. voted against leadership too many times. He didn't say you pushed too hard for the right or or for conservative answers, uh, but that's what he meant. Yeah. And he said, you're not getting it. The hammer. Um, so that's for most standing committees. There are uh, a different set of committees, some of which go on every year, uh, but they are called select committees. The committee in the controversy or in the uh, news today is the Intel Committee, yeah. fully known as the Intelligence Committee. And um, it is... Uh, unique in that it is a select committee and it is unique in that the speaker decides who the members of that committee are, not anyone else. The membership of the standing committees are made up by, uh, are, are decided by what's called the Committee on Committees, which is all the chairman of the standing committees plus the elected leadership. So it would be the speaker, the majority leader, and the whip. Um, and they do that by. Relatively democratic process, so you make your case. And
1: do they look for subject matter expertise? Sometimes, I mean, I would think that they do, right? They look I mean, for
2: subject mat- yeah, matter yeah. expertise. Geographical they for they also look for geographical yeah. fairness. Uh, for example, they wouldn't say, well, "Okay, we're going to give all the seats on Ways and Means to New York members." Right. You know, people would go crazy over that. <laughs> um, so they they spread out geographical representation. Um, One of the issues that came up this time was, are they fairly or were they fairly spreading out philosophical Mm -hmm. orientation? Uh, There was an argument that uh, conservative members weren't getting the seats on the powerful committees that their numbers deserved. Um, So those are issues. But the Intel committee, I believe it's unlike the other committees. And I think it is evenly divided. That is. The other committees are slightly slanted in favor of the party in the majority. One or two so, votes, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So we were in the, Repu- the majority when I got to Congress. It was, you know, the Gingrich revolution. We took the majority. So in all of our committees, we had a one or two-member uh, advantage. In some committees, we might have had a three-member advantage because we had won. I think we had 73 new Republican members.
1: a decisive number. So
2: it yeah. was a big deal. So that meant in any committee vote, if— the majority party held its members. And if it turned out to be a, a party line or partisan vote, then the majority party could control the result in committee on the Intelligence Committee, because and, and today, if anybody heard it or gets to hear it, uh, Mr. McCarthy did an excellent job of describing that committee uh, and of pointing out that. And this is what hit me. He made it very clear that members of the Intel Committee learn things that other members of Congress don't get to know. So because I was never on the Intel committee, uh, there are things that had to do with our nation's intelligence, with what our enemies are doing, uh, with where they are getting strong or where they are getting weak or whether they are beginning to be uh, aggressive, uh, that those members on the Intel committee knew and I could not know. Uh, I was not allowed to know. And it is, for that reason, uh, probably the single, in some ways, the single most important committee, at least for our nation's defense. And those members know that when they're briefed and they're briefed and they would meet in a SCIF and they would be given uh, classified information about uh, what was going up on. These
1: skiffs. are secure containment something uh, Intelligence format. Yeah. Sec- facilities. Facilities, right. So these are rooms within rooms. These are soundproof. They're Light not just proof soundproof.
2: Rooms. They're also electronic yeah. Uh, yeah. hacking Yeah, infiltration proof. proof. Right. 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 So uh, there were times when I would go to the intelligence SCIF, uh, and you are required to take essentially no paper in, or if you take paper in and write notes, it's it the stays. notes are to be left, yeah. and you take no cell phones in. The reason for that is if you take your cell phone in, they can hack it. Yeah. Uh, and and in that regard, you are prohibited from taking any paper out. So if you hear about a rank-and-file member Having a classified document, uh, that means they had to steal it from a skiff. They had to take it out of that room. Uh, I thought about putting out a press release yesterday saying, uh, You're good. I have searched my my house from one end to the other uh, and all of my property and vehicles, and I have no, uh, not a single piece of classified information. Uh, As well, I shouldn't because uh, you're not supposed to carry it out of those rooms. The vice president and the president fit in a different category.
1: Yeah, I want to get to that in a little bit, but keep going. This is great. Well, The
2: other, the other point about the Intel Committee is there are really in Congress uh, some committees that – well, the Congress itself is supposed to function in a bipartisan fashion and to pass legislation. It usually has to uh, be bipartisan. And you are always looking for bipartisan solutions. And one of the things that average Americans don't realize is how much does get done – in a bipartisan fashion. For example, uh, I think one of the first bills I actually got enacted into law was a bill having to do with identity theft, and there was nothing partisan about it. Everybody, uh, all Republicans, all Democrats, were worried about uh, uh, identity theft and the damage it could do to someone. So that's an example of a bipartisan bill. The But most of the standing committees are relatively partisan and the bills come down to what republicans think or what democrats think and then there are people on the margin who might feel slightly different than their party does uh, so for example the commerce committee on which i spent most of my time the debates were fairly partisan and the democrats would offer up partisan energy policy and we would that 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 uh, favored uh, their view of energy and we would offer up uh, partisan uh, legislation that favored our view of energy. But the three committees that are, by tradition, not partisan, they, are, they work at being nonpartisan and they have a reputation of being nonpartisan, are uh, Foreign Relations, Armed Services, and Intel.
1: Now, let me hold you right there as we go to a quick break. For, uh, foreign Relations, Intel, and Armed Services, because something has changed. <laughs>
0: Right. If someone's
1: hearing you saying, oh, really, John, Uh, something changed. I want to talk about that when we come back. And I think maybe we have that McCarthy audio, too, uh, just for fun to help set it up as well. John Shattuck and I will be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Liebson Show. It's a delight to have in studio with us uh, Congressman John Shattuck. Shakespeare says some people are born great some people achieve greatness, and some people have greatness thrust upon them. Right now, I would say Kevin McCarthy's uh, doing a pretty good job in that second lane. Before we he pick is. up on this debate over your, um, and this discussion, and great lesson you're giving us on the nonpartisanship or the traditional non-partisanship non-partisan, part, of the Intel committees, let me play a little of what Kevin McCarthy did with um, with the uh, with the with the uh, journalist today. So, journalist asking,
3: is, "Is Santos on the Intel committee?" Am I allowing Schiff? Am I allowing Schiff to be on other committees? Go right ahead.
1: The question is about why he's taking Swalwell and Schiff off the House Intel committees. The question's a little distant in the audio. It's all right. It's McCarthy's response. It's important. Well, let
3: me be very. he's gotten elected by his district so okay let let me be very clear and respectful to you you ask me a question when i answer it it's the answer to your question (laughs) you don't get to determine whether i answer your question or not okay in all respect thank you (laughs) no no let's answer her question You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop... He used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI. goes to the national security of America.
1: Now, now that's 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 with regard to Adam Schiff. We'll do the Swalwell part in a moment, John. But is everything there that comports with what you were saying? Uh, Adam Schiff may have been the one who changed the notion of House Intel being nonpartisan.
2: I would argue that Adam Schiff absolutely was the person who changed the tradition. He broke the tradition. The tradition was uh, something that uh, was imbued upon members who got to serve on intel which they did by expertise uh, knowledge in the area uh, interest shown in the area uh, but also uh, by honoring the tradition so uh, for example you were told that uh, the information that you were given in the intel committee was to be kept within the intel committee and not discussed uh, amongst other members of congress because it was classified information one of my one of my best friends, and for a part of the time that I was there, my best friend uh, w- was a, Pete Hookstra uh-huh. of Michigan. He became the chair. Who became the chair of right. the Intel Committee. Right. And there were countless times when I would talk to Pete about issues and uh, ask him something that went to an Intel issue, and he'd say, John, I'd love to tell you, but I can't yeah. tell you. Yeah. And Adam Schiff blew that tradition badly, and then history proved him not to have been truthful in doing that. I mean, you can get away if what you're talking about is a secret that nobody knows, as uh, Mr. McCarthy just described. Uh, You can get away with lying about it. And in this case, years go by before anybody figures out that, wait a minute, Adam Schiff lied Mm -hmm. when he said this or that or the other thing. So uh, in part, what is happening here is Adam Schiff I would argue disqualified himself
1: himself he took himself off he the took committee. himself
2: off the committee and Mr. McCarthy uh, heard that view expressed by his conference uh, during his confirmation as speaker I mean it, it one of the things we heard was that members of the conference made demands not putting Mr. Schiff back on the Intel committee which is a privilege it's not a right uh, was something that they demanded What that shows me, and I'll just stop here for a second Mm -hmm. from kind of the momentary issue of the authority to not reappoint Mr. Schiff to the Intel Committee and look for a moment at Mr. McCarthy. Uh, I am thrilled at Mr. McCarthy. Number one is the one you already noted. He, for the first time, uh, right up front, very directly and in a very public way, proved he has the courage to keep his word, uh, to be honest, and to take tough action. Uh, as we saw, the minority leader wanted Schiff back on. Uh, he was told that he was not going to get back on, yet he still submitted Schiff's name. And McCarthy said, no, you apparently didn't listen. I said he's not getting back on, and he's not. And so that was courage uh, and, and willingness to take a strong stance. It was also the keeping of a promise. Uh, he had made a promise. Uh, which is why I thought the process that went on while Mr. McCarthy was being selected as speaker uh, could prove to be positive. In this case, it proved to be positive. Uh, I don't think Schiff deserves to be on that committee by his conduct. A lot of other a lot of members in Washington obviously didn't think he deserved to be on. And a number of them were willing to stand up and say this is one of our demands. And I think the nation's national security will benefit from it. But most importantly, it proves what What we talked here about Mr. McCarthy, and that is that he not only has courage, uh, which I was not sure about myself when that was going on, but also that he's a man of his word, which I kind of thought he was. But you don't know until it gets really tough. And here he has proven to be a man of his word. And lots of speakers that I served under at times broke their word. Uh, And and I watched it happen where they said at one point, I will not do X. And then months go by and they come back and they do X and you confront them and they tell you, well, circumstances changed. In this case, uh, Mr. McCarthy made a promise and kept his promise. And I think that's good for the nation and good for Republicans. A point I would make is that uh, and I think I said this earlier. The Democratic Party is very monolithic. They all pretty much think alike. As a group, you look at the Republican Party, and they are more—I uh, would say—they are more willing to cross their leaders, more willing to think independently, more willing to stand up and say, "No, wait a minute. That may be what a majority of my party thinks, but I don't—I no. don't agree on this no. issue." No. And that's kind of where I was when I. On more occasions than they liked, I crossed leadership. And what has happened here is Mr. McCarthy has realized you can't just listen to some in your conference. You've got to listen to everyone in your conference. And when they make a reasonable demand, you should accede to that demand. And I think that's what McCarthy did here. And I think it's a very good sign for the future. And I think it demonstrates he has an open mind. Which I think is critically important for leaders.
1: And there's a third thing he showed too, which is why I'm going to encourage the audience to support him with an email or a letter if you're if you're if you're so inclined. Absolutely. Which is standing up to the media. Yep. You know, not showing that the media is in charge, but showing that you're in charge and pushing back as hard as they push against you. I think uh-huh. it's really important because they're going to go after him now.
2: I got to make he- a point on that when we come. All, all right, let, let's so take I, the there's break. There's and, one more point that needs to be made.
1: Okay, good. Uh, John Shattuck and I will be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Liebson Show. A little blood, sweat, and tears there. Yeah, there again, the media is going to give Speaker McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, some blood, sweat, and tears. And we need to, uh, as Churchill said, uh, make sure his backbone is uh, as strong as the blood, sweat, and tears that he's putting into it. Make sure he's rewarded. John Shattuck, you wanted to make another point about standing up to the media and what Kevin McCarthy did today by showing his resolve with his promises not only to the caucus but to the import of the intel committee.
2: I do. Um, it it is the media's job to question or challenge or to use your phrase, stand up to all elected leaders, whether they're Republican or Democrat. Sadly, we currently live in an era when the media, by and large in America, and it's very large in America, has picked one side and they don't ever ask tough questions or stand up to or challenge members of the Democrat Party or the current Democrat president. But in this instance, in the tape you played showed it, uh, a reporter was challenging Mr. McCarthy. And one of the reasons that I am so pleased with Mr. McCarthy and one of the reasons I'm so happy and encouraged today uh, as a Republican is that McCarthy not only stood up, but he stood up. With respect, mm-hmm. um, I, I am a huge admirer and fan of Newt Gingrich. And uh, when my kids were little, we they had a clubhouse out back that I helped them build. And he <laughs> put up Newt Gingrich posters all over <laughs> because I was running for Congress. And I, I will always remain a fan of Newt. But Newt, as skilled as he was, had a shortcoming. And that was and in part it's because he worked so hard. But he would get tired And in a situation like this, he would get short with the press and he would uh, respond in an angry tone. And sometimes he would say, that's the stupidest question I've heard. Well, you're never going to win anybody over that way. I used to point out, try to point out to new staffers, I'd ask him a question. When was the last time you ever saw Ronald Reagan lose his temper with a reporter? The answer, of course, which they didn't want to come back with was never because Reagan would answer. If Reagan got asked the sixth question over and over again or same question for six times, he would come back and say, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And he'd repeat the same answer he'd given six times before. Yeah. In this case, what was awesome, and we heard it in the tape and people can go back and listen to or when they watch the news tonight, he said, let me be clear And respectful to you. So he didn't treat the reporter who was in all candor exhibiting her bias, but arguably still doing her job. He didn't treat her with disrespect and say, you have no right to listen to say that or, uh, you know, you know, how smart are you or why did you ask such a bad question or unfair question? He said Let me be clear and respectful to you. And that's the way you you should treat reporters, unlike doing it out of anger. And uh, I I think Kevin is very talented at dealing with the press and he's demonstrating that he's good at this job.
1: Yeah, there is a difference. um, There is a difference between political leaders or elected officials who know how to do that with certain charm. Um, you can cheer obviously when they when they put someone down in their place, and sometimes they deserve it. But when you use that charm, it tends to work a little bit better, doesn't it? I always it makes I, a g- yeah.
2: gigantic difference. I mean, perhaps there's a
1: difference little... between Goldwater and Reagan, for right. example.
2: I was just going to say. Yeah. Uh, you know Reagan famously said well i 'm not going to use age oh
1: yeah i'm not going to use uh, walter mondale 's age in inex- youthful inexperience against him. right when the question was about Reagan being too old right <laughs> when, yeah you know when he when won the debate can, right there in the absolutely. opening yeah the debate uh, was uh, over. when
2: you can inject humor at the same time as you treat the other party or the or your debate opponent with respect, yeah. you, you just win people over. they just go they laugh and hey have to like you
1: I want to um as we uh, go to break, John, talk about uh, the other part of this press conference, which raises the Eric Swalwell situation. God, it's it's hard to figure out who I hate more
3: <laughs> <Shiver> Swalwell
1: <laughs> or Ilhan Omar, because she's now on a separate committee uh, uh, facing his. Uh, he said he wants to take her off the uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee. I think she's also earned being taken off that. But that and is a slightly different. Time. Yeah. 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 And there is some nuance in that. So we'll pick up on that. When we come right back, John Shadig, former congressman and uh, the president of Shadig Associates, S-H-A-D-E-G-G, Associates, we can spell. I'm Seth Liebson, also hard to spell. (laughs) We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have John Shattuck, Congressman John Shattuck in studio with me as we do every Wednesday in our third hour. People were complaining about disruptions to normalcy and how, you know, it would just there's new normals. And it seems like in some respects, John, Kevin McCarthy might be pulling the lever on and people don't recognize it because things haven't been normal for a long time. He may be pulling the lever on getting us back to normalcy with some of his decisions about committee memberships and the importance of the committees and the derelictions of the members that the Democrats have uh, foisted upon us.
2: I think absolutely. I think he's demonstrating leadership. I think, as we just talked about, he's doing it with the right tone. Uh, he's proving that he is willing to stand up and and take a stand and maintain a position and defend it. He's making it clear that he's not going to be pushed around by the media and he's not going to be pushed around by the leadership of the opposing party. Uh, and and in it's kind of interesting. It's why politics are s- is so fascinating. And that is, to the casual observer, this is a story about uh, the treatment of Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, but it really is a demonstration of McCarthy's leadership. Uh, In this case, there's a a kind of a foundation that was laid when Speaker Pelosi took two Republicans off of a committee, and she was told, and the Democrats were told, well, the tradition is that Republicans uh, name the committee members of uh, that are Republican, and Democrats name uh, the Democrat members. And she chose to take uh, two members off of standing committees. Another
1: change from normalcy. Right. The not Democrats a, not, broke the glass again.
2: They broke the glass first. And one of the things that a lot of listeners uh, in your audience will remember, perhaps only when reminded, that She didn't take those two members off of a select committee where she had the right to say you can be there or you can't and you earn the trust to be there. She took them off of standing committees when the tradition was, no, the membership of standing committee is decided by whatever party they're from, the minority party or the majority party. So this
1: was the case of uh, Gosar and Green, if I'm not mistaken. Right.
2: And when she took them off of standing committees, she broke the tradition that members of standing committees are selected by their party. And she was warned at the time, look, if you do this, uh, there will be consequences. So McCarthy could have simply said, this is retribution. We warned you when you took Gosar Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene off of the standing committees they were on. You took them off of all of the standing committees they're on. There will be payback. But in this instance, uh, at least with respect to Swalwell and, and
1: Schiff. Uh, yeah, Schiff. He's, he's
2: letting them serve on other committees. That's right. He said that in the uh, press conference. Th- this is not tip not for tap. Not is, here. though. That's right. right. This is not, uh, well, you did it to us. You threw out the tradition, so we're going to throw out the right. tradition. Uh, These are so people
1: who can't be trusted with our nation's secrets.
2: Didn't earn the trust.
1: Let me, let me give you a little more on the Swalwell part of this, uh, on this uh, presser that was today with McCarthy.
3: And I will always put them first, all right? And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell, because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing, and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on Intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. the FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the Intel committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with a Chinese spy. They brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there, that committee. And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. So this has nothing to do with Santos. Santos is not on the Intel Committee. But you know what? Those voters elected Shift, even though he lied. Those voters elected Swalwell, even though he lied to the American public too. So you know what? I'll respect his voters too, and they'll serve on committees. But they will not serve on a place that has national security reverence because integrity matters to me.
1: Bingo couldn't have written that better
2: you couldn't have written it better and it it, you know for all the world it seemed totally uh extemporaneous Mm -hmm. it's what he not only what he said you can tell it is what he believes
1: it is what he is right
2: right and and i think he made his point compellingly because it came from his heart this is this is something to him that's not tit-for-tat partisan politics, this is not, oh, you guys are nasty, so we'll be nasty yeah. too.
1: Let them go serve on House Ways and you Means. You bet. He
2: said, I'll let them serve on other committees, no. but I'm not letting them serve on this committee. The other quote I heard him say uh, also in response to a tough question from a member of the press was if, and this is after he'd gotten the brief, if you knew yeah. about Eric Swalwell, mm-hmm. what I know yep. about, Eric, about Eric Swalwell you wouldn't put him on the Intel committee either. Perfect. You know, thank God somebody is paying attention to the nation and it's good not to partisan benefit one way or the other. And of course the Democrats will call this just partisanship or petty, but the reality is if you hear either of those quotes from uh Mr. McCarthy, you 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 hear in his voice and his kind of his entire persona is Some things are more important than politics. This is one. I'm not bending on it. And uh, it's admirable, I think.
1: There was a subtle push there, too, that might have been accidental or it might have been sophisticated. And time will tell. I'm not sure. But when he said you can find 200 other Democrats to serve here, it reminded people in the Democratic Party that, you know what? Maybe Swalwell and Schiff aren't the hill we want to die on because I can guarantee you there are Democrats that think Schiff and Swalwell. I know the I I know Democrats that think Schiff and Swalwell, but they couldn't say anything. Right, and I that was either subtle or accidental, but it was a great reminder, and it might have helped drive a wedge over at the Democratic Party because I don't think a lot of Democrats want to be up standing up for Swalwell and Schiff. Not a lot. Some will,
2: not a lot. Made, and it made two points. It made one point about them and their conduct, yeah. which got them where they are. But the other point it made was the one we've been talking about all along. Uh, There are committees and there are committees. uh, And some of them deal with the nation's economy and some of where where you can have differing philosophical views. And some of them deal with uh, the nation's natural resources uh, where you can have differences. But on some, uh, like Intel, we ought to stand as a nation united. It's the quote uh, that... uh, Politics or partisanship ends at the water's edge. I think that
1: was uh, Senator Vandenberg of Michigan. David, what's the first name? What was Arthur? Arthur Vandenberg of Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's his quote. And
2: and it's a huge point that goes to this. If you're on the Intel Committee, that's a different situation than – your run of the mill standing committee.
1: Yeah. Um, the Ilan Omar thing is going to be a tough fight because we got to go to break and do our last small segment when we come back, but that's going to be a tough fight because she will weaponize the whole intersectionality uh, issue and she will but have a It's a, a fight sit.
2: they brought on themselves. It's a fight
1: they brought on themselves by, doing by defending it first. her. Yeah.
2: Dishonoring the tradition.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. John Shattig and I'll be right back with a closing thought. Don't go away. You've probably been uh, hearing me talk about Refi for a while now, and if you still have some questions, feel free to contact them at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-YREFI-34, and they can put you in touch with many satisfied customers who are happily investing with them. Folks, how's your IRA doing? Would you like your IRA to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not be dependent on the stock market or Joe Biden's economy? Did you know you can invest with Y-Refi through an IRA or other qualified funds? And you can keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you can earn. Tax deferred. That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA, and you don't have to pay taxes on the income you can earn. Check them out at 888-Y-Refi-34. Give them a call. Tell them I sent you. John Shattuck and I have uh, been talking this past hour about the... uh, uh the 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 not the committee on the committees but the fights about the committees Ilan Omar will be a tough one uh John we just have a couple minutes left but again you know she and the democrats brought this fight on certainly in respect of what you were saying about breaking the precedent of removing members from the opposite party but also by defending her when there again was no need to defend someone with such a record and such an anti-semitic uh, rhetoric
2: yeah that was the point i was going to make uh, they did break the tradition Uh, that of course opens the door for these situations. But the other thing that's important is, uh, I think it goes to uh, respect or bias. Um, one can make a very strong argument that she crossed the line. Um, it was not that long ago that Steve King was removed by Republicans, uh, from, I believe all of his committees because, uh, He says he was misquoted by The New York Times uh, uh, in a way that showed uh, racism or uh, bias, and the punishment was severe. In this case, uh, she seems to approach that line again and again and again. And she doesn't
1: say she's misquoted either. (laughs) No,
2: she does not. Uh, It's not that she approaches the line. Arguably, she clearly crosses the line and then stands by it. Yeah. So and
1: the Democrats stand by her,
2: and and so there, uh, it is appropriate to uh, raise the issue of does that cross the line of civil discourse, and does it justify a breaking of the tradition?
1: And again, put her on another committee. Put her absolutely. On, put her on Ways and Means if you want. Let her write your tax code. But House Foreign Affairs—that's that's different. Of those committees yeah. where
2: uh, the nation should not be. Uh, should not focus on its differences. It needs to focus on areas of agreement in order to accomplish what has to be accomplished to protect the nation.
1: John Shattig, um I love having you here. Our audience loves having you here. Our nation great owes fun. a great I debt enjoy. to you. Thank you for your continued service. Appreciate it. Until tomorrow, folks, thanks for spending some time with us. I am Seth Liebsen. God bless you all, and class dismissed.